This show is produced and hosted by Mark Weber. The show is sponsored by G3 Apparel and the Van Heusen Company. The views expressed in the following program are those of the sponsor and not necessarily the opinion of 710 WOR or iHeartMedia. Who is Mark Weber? He's a self-made business executive here to help you find your success. From the New York City projects to the Avenue Montaigne in Paris, his global success story in the luxury world of fashion is inspirational. He's gone from clerk to CEO twice. Mark is classic proof that the American dream is alive and well. Here's your host of Always in Fashion, Mark Weber. During the week, I looked in the mirror and it occurred to me I'm wearing the same thing every day. I don't change. Now, don't get me wrong. The outfits are different. The clothes are different. But it's all basically the same look. And for a guy who does a show called Always in Fashion, I started to think about this. But I also remembered that somewhere along the way, I developed a sense of style. Style encapsulates all of us. Style is not just the way you look. Style represents the way you approach the world. It's all manner of who you are, how you speak, how you problem solve, how you choose to spend your time, and whom do you spend your time with. And I've determined for a long time there's no substitute for good taste. I would guess with me it was a combination of the movies, advertising, studying and observing the guys at my high school, then college, then, of course, work in the city, the restaurants, the clubs, sitting in meetings. Can't help but see and draw distinctions and opinions of style. You, of course, have to decide what's you. That's your taste. I didn't give much thought about style until I reached high school. And then I thought back this week. My high school was like the movie Grease. There were the preppies and the bad boys. The plaid shirts and chinos versus the black jeans and leather. I promise it's not clear why I went my own way. I just did. I went my own way. I had my own style. My look could be best described then as it is to now, as European sophisticated. I wouldn't have called it back then that. I didn't know what I would call it. I wasn't thinking about it. I was just different. I wasn't a crew-cut guy. I didn't wear penny loafers, no khakis. I certainly didn't wear jeans and leather jackets, but I had my own look. I just didn't fit in to a type anywhere in school. But I did have a look, and I remember it so clearly. When my friends and I would go out on a Friday night, I'd look different from all of them. I'd be wearing gray heather charcoal worsted pants, a light blue dress shirt opened at the collar with a light gray v-neck sweater, and black suede shoes. Who dressed like that? Hmm, guys in the movies for sure. And I would say the Italian guys in my neighborhood. They had a look from the old country, from Europe. I had my style, but although I didn't know it then, I had a filter. Later on, it became a mantra. There is no substitute for good taste. I love dressing for summer. Light, almost white, worsted wool pants, tan shirt, black v-neck sweater, black suede shoes. And I always had a black short jacket at night. Whenever I showed up, I looked like I was going to the wrong event. (laughs) But no one could argue I didn't have style. But more importantly, I had great taste. Talking fitting in, I didn't fit in, but my clothes always fit. I should take a moment to talk to you guys right now. There is nothing, nothing more important than the way your clothes fit. 
And of course, you fitting comfortably in your own skin, it's called confidence. Back to me to make a point. When I turned 18, I started working as a clothing salesman on Kings Highway in Brooklyn. That's where all the forward men's shops and women's shops could be found at the time. It was, hmm, let me take a little poetic license here. This was Brooklyn, but the Soho of Brooklyn combined with the village, throw in some upscale Madison Avenue in the 60s. That's what it was like at the time. I found my place. That's where I belonged. There, my style, my taste, I lose at home. People walking in those stores, they understood my look. I was able to refine my taste level by working in those stores and having access to the clothes. And I saw other people like me. And I talked about it. Yes, it was the movies, the advertising, the Italian cool guys, the retail stores that gave me my style. My style was refined and perhaps inherited. There's one thing I learned selling suits. There's no substitute for good taste. You either understood it or not. You either had it or you didn't. And if you didn't, you probably never would. Unless you were willing to be influenced or willing to learn. That's where great salesmanship was found, by the way. Looking back, I made an effort to dress my customers well, and when they followed my lead, I felt satisfaction knowing that I was a job well done. And there's another lesson in business. There's no substitute for good taste, and that's the show for tonight. Now, speaking good taste, the handsome, debonair, lawyer, son, and co-host of Always in Fashion, Jesse Weber. How you doing, Jesse? Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that introduction, but I got to tell you, no one uses those words anymore. It's not the 60s, like you're saying. I think it's time to move forward. Am I not right? Funny you say that, but I can't help but think of Cary Grant at To Catch a Thief in the French Riviera or Sean Connery in London or the Caribbean or Turkey. Those were their words, and I liked those words then, and I like classic. It stays with you. What about well-dressed, you look great in those clothes? <laughs> I can work with that. I can work with that. Well, speaking of this topic, I, I will tell you, I must admit, you look good for a father. What does that mean? I look good for a father. Talk about an asterisk next to your name. What do I mean? What do I mean? Well, look, let's take a step back. You don't dress as current as someone who maybe wrote a book called Always in Fashion. I do think you have to update your style. But having said that, I think you look good. You put yourself next to all these schmoes walking around, all these other dads. You look fantastic. Now, having said that, your pants are way too wide. You wear the same thing every day. These are criticisms, but you look good for an older guy. That's what I mean. Uh-huh. Hey, listen, Mr. Ballerian Pants with the crew cut, haircut, long on the top, though. My son, who is influenced by this okay guy here, you're forgetting the number one, two, and three rules of fashion. Oh, oh, is that right? Was that right? What, what is that? Uh, dress like it's 1984, be lazy with your wardrobe, wear a uniform every day. I said you look good. Now you're getting defensive. No, I'm not defensive. There are rules, and I apply them to me as everybody else should. Rule number one, be comfortable in your clothes. You wear the clothes, the clothes don't wear you. Rule number two, wear what you look best in. Rule number three, I'm talking to you. When you've been the CEO of the largest fashion company in the USA, when you've been the CEO of the largest designer fashion company, luxury company in the world, when you've written two books, then you can criticize me. A uh, little defensive, a little defensive. No, I'm not. Yeah, just a little, just a little bit. Little bit. I learned from mommy 
who let me pick my own clothes with her guidance. She liked my style. Very fashion forward. And I watched you. I watched Jared, my brother. And I like to think of myself as a different generation, a more modern generation. I have a different career path than everybody else. So in the interest of moving forward, I acknowledge what you're saying. I acknowledge your concept. There's no substitute for good taste. But the question is, who determines good taste? Me. Yeah, well, I should have guessed that. It's your show. (laughs) Yes, it is my show. But let me change the subject a little. Do you like hearing stories about me when I'm growing up? Yeah, I love them. They're actually one of the things I love most about the show. It's your history, but therefore it's our family history. And I think families in general should share their stories, particularly the early days when there were no cell phones or Internet and things were entirely different. All right, on that we agree. Talk to your children, parents. After all your criticisms, though, do you think I have good taste? Yes, I think you have good taste. No question about it. Good, not great? Uh, you're not consistent. Your dress-up style is perfect. The other... Okay, all right. You know what? You know what? Let's keep going. Let's keep... Help someone else, okay? That's what the show's for. Help someone else. All right, men, I want to help you right now, (laughs) right? Those of you who have a minute can pull over in your car or you're in your house, wherever. If you can get a pen ready or your cell phone, you might want to jot this down because this might just help you. Unfortunately, men... When it comes to taste, I admit most of you, if it wasn't for bad taste, you'd have no taste at all. There's no substitute for good taste. And tonight, even though the name of the show is called Always in Fashion, I'm going to do something unusual. I'm going to talk about fashion. Most of you out there, to put it politely, you're amateurs. And fortunately tonight, Jesse and I are here to help you. I'm going to give you some of your own rules, starter rules. Unless you have a photographic memory, get ready to take some notes. You think they're listening to me, Jesse? I hope so. Otherwise, they might have turned off when they heard you criticizing me. (laughs) They like that. They like when I give you a hard time. All right, here we go. First and foremost, gentlemen, where are you and who are you? You have to know where you're going and you have to know who you want to be. If you're going to be right and have a sense of taste, first of all, think of this way. Pilots wear uniforms. There's a reason. The airlines pick those uniforms for a reason. They want their pilots to look professional. They want them to call out their authority. They're the ones who are captain of that airship. And they want to be identified and differentiated from everyone else. I have a story. I must admit, I don't remember if it's true or part imaginary, but I was growing up traveling all over the world when I first started in business. And China, early on in those days, was a little difficult in many respects. They didn't have their hotels down yet. They were still building them. There wasn't a comfort system for people who were early traders. They weren't ready for the Westerners who were coming in. But I'll never forget, and don't hold me to this, and I don't want to be held accountable, but there used to be an airline called... I think it was China Air, but or Far Eastern Airlines, one or the other. I got to tell you, I, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> well, what it was, they kept driving their planes into mountains. They kept crashing, and you were told never go on those airlines. And if I remember correctly, this is where it is. I remember them pulling up to the gate one time, and I saw one of the pilots wearing a bomber jacket with a scarf blowing in the wind. Now, you don't want to get on a plane with that guy doing that. But I must admit, this could be all my memory, but I want to keep moving. All right? Let's get back on how you want to dress. If you're going to work at Whole Foods, I can't comment. 
I can't comment. I can't tell you what to wear. I can only tell you, if you dress well, you'll be noticed and separated from everyone else. I've been watching Apple events. I've talked about it before. They have this incredible facility. And, of course, they have all the technology you can imagine when they put on these presentations. It's really fascinating. But I did take a note to watch the effort they put together in the way they dressed. It's important because this is tech company, Apple management, and boy, did they look at it and think about it. Tim Cook, the CEO, regular kind of guy. You wouldn't call him a fashion guy by any stretch of the imagination, but he does care about the way he looks and the statement he made. He's all dressed in black, black shirt, black pants, black shoes. He's making a statement that he's modern, that he's contemporary, but his look is polished casual. It's very, very well thought out. If you look at all the other executives, the male or females, they're all dressed polished casually. They have a look. They have a statement to make. Not my look. I don't love it from any of them because they missed a couple of keys. But nonetheless, you could see how important fashion is to them, even in a technical company like Apple. And I think it's worth pointing out. As it relates to you, your colors, there are none. There's a rainbow of colors in our world. Everywhere you look in nature, you see beauty in colors. When I see you, I don't want to see any color but black, navy, and gray. You're not interested in green, brown, orange, red. Maybe in springtime I'll feel a little differently, but for now, you keep it simple. See, normally I agree with you. Those are the essentials and those that look best, but that's not entirely true all the time. There are items out there that are fantastic looking that are all those different colors. I'll give you a good example, okay? You know the movie um, The Gentleman with Matthew McConaughey? He's wearing some pretty bold colors there, and they look fantastic. So how could you just make a blanket statement like that? All right, I'll go with you. Matthew McConaughey looks brilliant in that movie. Plaid sport coats, Glenn plaid suits, beautiful button-down knit shirts. His look is perfected. Now, how many stylists do you think there are in that movie who's selecting those clothes and making it right for him? You think the average dodo out there putting their self together could do that, Jesse? But if they follow what they see in an ad or they follow what they see in a movie, why can't they wear it? Uh, well, I'd answer you this way, and I'm talking to most men out there. They're short, they're tall, they're fat, they're skinny, and they have no taste. If you can pull that off by watching that movie, go right ahead. But the most of you, I'm warning you, keep it simple. And now everybody's going to jump off a building after hearing that. Uh-huh. All right. Well, I, I admit I find a lot of great looks in the movies. Look, you mentioned that movie and right away I knew right away what you were talking about. But most men don't have style. They don't have the ability to put it together and there's no substitute for good taste. But looking for clues and people wearing it? Absolutely. But I'll tell you what about simple and traditional clothes. Over time, whether they were called preppy Ivy League, British, or Ralph, they never go out of style. As I said, I'm not a preppy guy. I'll never be. I never would be. I am not a preppy guy. But khakis, the right shirt, the right sweater, and the right simple colors, you could look great and never go wrong, particularly on office casual. But I am. In spite of that, I'm a classic guy. What I wear never goes out of style. If you can keep it classic, not chase trends in fashion, it's rewarded 
by you looking right and appropriate wherever you are, particularly in business. One of my favorite things, if you think about tuxedos, formal wear, I love looking at the guys who come in those wing collar shirts. They look like buffoons. I wear a regular collar and a bow tie. I don't wear a wing collar shirt ever because I am not in a 1930s movie. I'm not Brad Pitt, and I can't pull it off. You guys out there, wear a regular shirt with a bow tie. You'll always look right. You disagree with that, Jesse? No, I don't. That's when men look their best. Well, the point is, is I'm trying to say to you guys that we're talking about style. We're talking about taste. There's no substitute for good taste. I'm begging you. Think about being simple. I used to work with a guy. His name was Jimmy Glass, one of the classiest guys I ever met. He ran the Isaac Club Golf Company. He was the head of sales. He had a great taste level, a great point of view. When I saw him, I knew who he was. Just very simple, very elegant. And he talked a story one time I'll never forget. He said, in our business, there's a certain degree of class that needs to be had. You have one guy who'll come on the golf course wearing purple pants, purple shoes, and a purple shirt. And everybody will look and go, wow, look at you. And then you have the guy who comes in with a pair of gray flannel slacks, black golf shoes, a purple shirt, and a purple sweater. But it's so refined and it's very elegant. And someone will look at him and say, wow, that's great looking. Where did you get that? And the question is, who do you want to be? I think I'm making my point. And last but not least, your clothes must fit you properly. Tapered, not tight. Pants can never be bunched or dragging at the ankles. Jesse, you got a point of view on this? I agree with that. I know you criticize my pants, but let me tell you something. They make me look better, even though they are a little tighter. Uh, I will tell you this much. I think the best for, for men... And when you get to be a certain age, stay away from shirts that have printed slogans or sayings on them. Keep it simple. Simple colors, simple shirts, simple sweaters. That's what makes you look your best. And I think there's a ton of companies that do that. I also will say that if you want to spend a little bit more money, spend a little bit more money on a couple pairs of great jeans. They'll go a long way. Sure, you could wear a pair of junky jeans here and there and think it's good, but it's not. They're really the genes set it apart, and they can really uh, – I, I think that's important, and I think a lot of guys miss that. On top of that, I am not a big fan of when guys wear sneakers or gym shoes with their outfits. I think you could step it up a little bit, wear suede boots, wear Chelsea boots. You could wear uh, different kinds of dress shoes. That's my take. All right. I, I happen to agree with everything you said, but I have one more tip for you guys out there. One of the things that gave me style above everyone else, and they're called, in my words, outfit completers. You see, you could be casual and look good. You wear a polo shirt, wear a pair of jeans or a pair of khaki pants, you look okay. If you wear a button-down shirt with a pair of pants, you'll look okay. But if you wear an outfit completer, you will look sensational. Now, what are some outfit completers, being that I'm teaching you tricks? You wear jeans and a button-down collar shirt, put on a navy blazer. That will complete the outfit and separate you from the rest of the riffraff. Very often, you could wear the same outfit with a cardigan sweater. You look complete. They don't. There are all kinds of amazing outerwear these days. 
whether it's a top coat. Right now in winter, you go out with jeans, black shoes, and a dress shirt. You put on a top coat in black, you're going to look like you own the world, that you should be in Hollywood, not on the streets of New York. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Are you saying it's easier or better for men to dress up and look better in the winter than in the summer? Because if you outfit completers, it sounds like more items of clothing, and there's greater opportunity to look better in the colder months than the warmer months. There are plenty of tricks for outfit completers in the springtime and summer. And when we're on the air, Jesse, you remind me, we'll talk about it. But being that it's cold out, I want to just focus here because there's something else I want to cover. I want to talk to you ladies. Now, I was the CEO of one of the most successful women's companies in the world, Donna Karen DKNY, and of course it was part of LVMH in France. And yes, I approached women's wear, I've talked about this before, from a taste-level point of view. After all, I don't wear the clothes. Most of the most famous designers in the world for women are men. They don't wear the clothes, but they appreciate them. I generally looked at women's clothes from a taste point of view and said to myself, if I was young and hip, what would I wear? If I was sophisticated and wealthy, what would I wear? If I was going to a club, what would I wear? What would I wear in the office? Most of you women, unlike the men, know how to put it together and know how to look your best. But I have to say something that I'm going to get myself in trouble for, but I'm going to do it. Forget the cleavage. It makes me uncomfortable. I don't understand what signal you're trying to send. And frankly, I don't know where to put my eyes when I see you wearing cleavage. Am I supposed to look, look away, look down? I'm uncomfortable. Now, maybe this is insensitive. I don't know. But I got to tell you, women wearing Chanel jackets with skirts and tights, Suede shoes, amazing. Women wearing sweaters with their pants, amazing. I love the way you look in your your sweatsuits, amazing. You know how to put it all together. I just don't understand that concept. So, where am I? There is no substitute for good taste. No matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, there's no substitute for being able to put it together. Assuming I'm still on the air after that cleavage concept, I have to say the following. It shouldn't matter what you look like, but it does. It's not fair. Too bad. How you look can mean winning or losing, particularly in business, but certainly in life. You have an obligation, if you want success in any facet of your life, to try and look your best. We all can't be six foot two. We all can't weigh 100 pounds. We all can't have six packs. We're all not ripped. We're all not great athletes. We're all not beautiful. But if you look your best and you make an effort to, you'll find that you'll be always in fashion and success is always in fashion. Take a break. Back in a minute. Always in fashion. Once again, the world is changing. It's not the world as we knew it but we're back to work. Many of you are still working from home, but many of you are venturing out into the real world again, back to your offices, back to corporate life as we know it. No matter what, whether you're at home or you're now in your office, you have to look your best. I'm talking to you guys now. There's nothing more important than showcasing your look with the right shirt. I worked for Van Hughes in most of my adult career. They're one of the greatest shirt makers in the history of the world. 
Their collars are perfect. They understand fashion. They understand that in order for you to be at your best, you have to be comfortable. Comfortable in the way your clothes make you feel, both mentally and on your body. Van Usen has always made great shirts, but now they make them with their flex technology, collars that move with you, the bodies that stretch to make you comfortable as you sit and move around. Van Usen shirts, shirts for men. They're the best at it. You can find Van Usen shirts online at vanusen.com, JCPenney, or Macy's. Good luck. I tell you what, you want to get somewhere in your career, you should be thinking about buying those shirts. Welcome back to Always in Fashion. Here's your host, Mark Weber. But you can't say I don't got good taste when I got me a girl like her. When she's on my arm, she makes it look like I must admit, this sounds self-serving, but my taste is impeccable. You meet me, you look at me, you might not think it, but I know I'm right. I've studied taste, I've looked at people, I've seen the best of the best, and I know what looks right. And frankly, I made a living. And I believe that there is no substitute for good taste. When you think about taste, you often think about the way you dress, but your style goes way beyond the way you look. I can talk about taste in every walk of life, your home that you choose, your vacation destinations, the watch you wear, the car you drive, where do you live? What political party you belong to? Where you work? What is your work ethic? There is no substitute for good taste, nor for good judgment. I could discuss, frankly, any of the above. However, tonight, I'm deep in thought, and I really decided I want to choose to talk about you and the company you keep. I'm on the record, at least on this show. I'm no fan of humans. I watch you too closely to frankly like you and find the good in you. I get it. There are exceptions, and I recognize that. So give me a break. But let me state very clearly, you are the company you keep, and your taste in people speak volumes about you. I have a handful of friends. I use that word very carefully and very sparingly. My friends care about the world and how they fit in it, Success to them is always in fashion. They respect themselves, and regardless of the level of success they achieve, they respect the effort people put in. They're never envious. They don't have the concept of jealousy in their mindset. Friends listen, they support, and they push me back when they have to. My best friends understand how to rein me in, how to criticize me without alienating me. They convince and encourage I hope I never have to ask for anything other than their time and judgment. And yet I know if I needed a helping hand, my friends would be there. And then, of course, there's loyalty. I'm the most loyal person I know and the most loyal person you know. There's an unspoken code. That's just the way it is. If I call you friend, it's unconditional. I'm there to support you as long as you're on the side of right. If you're not, I'll try and get you there. It's a great comfort to know there's loyalty in the world. That's why my friends are few. They're well chosen and they're appreciated. There's no substitute for good taste. And it applies to your relationships as well. 
It goes without saying, but just in case I have to say it, choose your friends wisely. Your friends are a reflection of you. Now, this is a business show. I happen to believe in the theory. This is my theory. There are no friends in business. I'll repeat it. There are no friends in business. Those people you're sitting there and having fun with and joking around and having a drink with after work, they're not your friends. They're your business associate. In business, you have bosses, associates, employees, but friends, there's no such thing. What there is is a company. The company has a brand name, an identity. Everyone in that company is charged with enhancing the value of that brand. The strength of the brand brings the profit. So who you run with, who your boss hires, you, they're hiring you to represent him or her, to deliver. You in turn hire people to represent you. They must deliver. You can respect them. You can trust them. You can even like them. But they're not your friends. Because if they don't perform, friendship rules just can't apply. Business rules apply. It's really never about any of you. It's about the company when you're working. You're building the company. So it's essential that you understand there's no substitute for good taste. Loosely translated, you're responsible for the people around you and the time you spend with them. Friends can't be in business. If you're good, you're good. If you're not, you're not. And there are consequences. Friendship doesn't apply here. By the way, while we're talking business, I'll come back to that. Jesse, you get that concept? Yeah, and you know what I've noticed? I've noticed a lot of people my age don't understand that. I've heard people say, oh, I can't wait to start my new job and make all these new friends. I'm like, this isn't school. This isn't a club. This isn't a fraternity or sorority. This is work. There's a competition at all times. You can be friendly with people. Not saying you go into your cubby hole or your desk and you just don't talk to anybody. But everyone has to understand that. And maybe it's a generational thing, but a lot of people don't get that. Well, I tell you, it's great to have people you like and enjoy the company and you want a workplace where you have fun and you're, you're, you're enjoying the time spent. Because if you're not, working is going to be a drudgery. But as you think about the pyramid in business, as you get to the top, the pyramid gets narrower and narrower. And if you are sitting next to someone with the same job or equal qualifications – Someone is going to move ahead, and you're competing against each other. But more importantly than that, with friends, you can have a relationship with a friend they can be working for. You can think of them as your friend, but if they don't work out, you're the one who has to deal with them. And you're going to do with them what friends don't do. You're going to fire them. And by the way, by the way, think about this. What do friends usually do when they're hanging out? What do they do? They go out, they drink, right? So what happens at a company party or a company happy hour when somebody gets a little too out of control? You think the friends just laugh it off? You think the coworkers just laugh it off and talk about it on uh, the next day of a, a group chat? No. There could be consequences and that person could get fired or they could get demoted because of what they do. Absolutely. So I'll come back to that in a minute because I, I, I have to talk about something else because it's driving me crazy. We're talking about there's no substitute for good taste. And certain things make me beside myself. The word family in a company makes me sick. It drives me crazy. It's nuts. You ever hear people say you're part of our family now? It drives me crazy. Unless your father, 
your mother, your brother, your sister, your aunt or cousin or your grandfather owns that business. This is not your family. It's poor judgment to even call it that. It's disingenuous. You're surrounded by workers, other workers, associates. They're not your family. Company talks about family. I'll tell you what, count your fingers after you shake your hand. Oh, wait a minute, I forgot. <laughs> we don't shake hands anymore. But be careful because companies that call you family are starting out with a lie. You know what else drives me crazy? I'm in the retail business. It drives me nuts. I can't tell you how many times I get nauseous when retail companies refer to their customers as guests. A guest? Really? That's the best you can do? If I'm your guest, when I come in your store, where can I sit down? Where's the television? And by the way, I'll have a Diet Coke with ice and lemon while I'm hanging out in your store. Thank you. Also, by the way, I have some friends meeting me here. Which entrance should I call my friends to enter to join me to watch the football game? Okay, and yeah, where is the popcorn? After all, if I'm your guest, this is what I want to do in your store. Maybe I'll shop. And then on the other hand, I'm in your store to shop. We're not your guests. I think it's nauseating, disgusting. There's no substitute for good taste, or in this case, good judgment. Let's be real. I get it. You're setting the stage for your employees to understand how important it is to treat the customers well. Then why are you complicating with nonsense? You're my guest. Sam Walton, the founder of Walmart, said it best. There's only one boss, the customer. And he can fire everyone in the company from the chairman on down simply by spending his money somewhere else. Now that's clarity and that's good taste. Customers are not guests. They're customers. They're in your store to buy, to find quality, to find value, selection, service. Perhaps they'll have some fun and then they want to pay and get on with their lives. i got to get that out of the way. Now it's out of my system. Okay, let's get back to poor taste. Ugh. Friends, there is no such thing in business. You can like someone. You can be their friends. Your interests are not aligned. Business friendships are based on performance. I work with a guy. We were more like father and son. You cannot have a relationship like he and I had for 30 years. We were the exception to the rule. But don't ever forget, and I never, ever forget while I work for him, that if I didn't deliver, it was over. He knew it, and I knew it. Yes, we can have ups and downs, and yes, he might give me a, a chance he might have not given someone else, but I was competing against everyone else. You can only be friends as long as you deliver. The minute you don't, as I said, you might get the benefit of the doubt. You might get a moment's reprieved if you're like, but bottom line, your boss is not your friend. He won't protect you over a competitor if the competitor is better than you. If you don't do your job, if you do something wrong, you'll get fired. You'll get terminated without hesitation. It's business. There are no friends in business. There's no substitute for good taste as well as no substitute for good performance. Keep that in mind. We'll be back in a minute. Always in fashion. This is Mark Weber. We're living in strange times. There's no question about it. We're regrouping. We're rethinking about what our lives look like. We're working from home, and that is a new phenomenon. What has changed is that we are video conferencing. We're being seen when we're working from home. 
In the past, we did our jobs when we worked at home. We called in information. We sent emails. Today, we're being watched. We're all there. We're having video conferences, and we're being seen. One of the biggest mistakes you could make is forgetting that you are in a workplace, different workplace, but you are working and you're being seen. Because you're at home, competition in the workplace has not changed. You are competing. You are trying to prove that you are special and you deserve the best that your company has to offer. With this in mind, I think about my friends at Van Usen, one of the greatest shirt makers in our history, in our life. They've been around for over 150 years. Not only do they make great shirts, it's a given that their quality is exceptional, their fit is perfect, but they look right. When you're sitting in front of your computer and showing your image to your boss, you want to look your best. You are competing for all the great things that life has to offer, even though you're at home. It's important to be with a company you can trust. It's important to be with a company that makes products that know what is right for the times. It'll make you look your best. That is Van Usen. I spent so many years working for the company. I know their dedication. I know how they look at fashion. I know how they look at style and how important it is. Whether you're wearing a dress shirt with a tie, whether you're wearing a dress shirt open at the neck, or you're wearing an obvious sports shirt, indicating who you are, how serious you are, how professional you are, and it doesn't matter that you're at home. With this in mind, Van Usen, one of the great shirt makers ever, is here to help you look your best in this unusual time working for home. Van Usen, great shirt company. Welcome, Welcome back, back to, to Always, Always in, in fashion. fashion. Here's your host, Mark Weber. There's no substitute for good taste. That's what's on my mind. I was at home all week. I'm recording from home. I'm wearing the same thing every day. I'm starting to be critical of myself. But nonetheless, I have to admit, even though it's the same outfit and I change it, I have a lot of the same things, it's got a look to it. I have a style, and I started thinking about style and taste and how it affected people. It certainly goes way beyond the way you look. People are funny creatures, and how they carry themselves is a big part of success and failure in this world. You ever think about attitude? I think about attitude all the time. I believe the best attitude always works. When I was the CEO of these public companies, I had choices who I would spend my time with. I was kind of like a doctor. Any of you have children, you ever go to a pediatrician, they have 10 different doors. On each door, they have a little envelope or folder that tells them who the patient is inside and what's going on with the patient. And they walk in and they're up to date. That's how I ran my career. Every half hour, every 15 minutes, every hour, I had a meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting. My assistant would tell me what the meeting was, who it was. I'd walk in, and I'd know what to do. And that's how I live my life. But the truth is, is when you had time and you needed to spend time taking people's advice, all things being equal, who would you spend your time with? If I was going to travel to Europe and I had one guy who was always unhappy, always negative, I had another guy, same qualifications – was talented, same way, but was happy, always looking forward to talking. Who would I spend my time with? It's easy. You go to restaurants. It's easy. You're going to spend the time with the person whose company you enjoy. Attitude matters. You go into restaurants. If you greeted right in a restaurant, 
You can tell right away that they appreciate your walk in the door. If you ask them for a particular table in a particular area and they put you there, you're going to come back. It's all about attitude. Jesse and I have walked into restaurants where they had attitude. We never want to be there again. Attitude matters. And in business, I coined a term about people that I think are incredibly important in life or to you in your business. I call them go-to people. I came across a business that was called uh, House of Tires. And sure enough, when I went in there and I needed a tire, the guy who ran the business was amazing. So friendly, so great. Uh, This is what's wrong. I can get your tire in a half hour if you want to wait. I'll get it put on. If not, you can come back later. You need a car to to take you and bring it back later. He was great. Turns out he did transmissions. He did all kinds of service. The guy did everything you can need on your car. And when he couldn't, he'd tell you this one you're going to have to take back to the dealership. That's a guy you trust and you want to be with all the time. That's a go-to guy. And I look forward to go-to guys in this business. I'll tell you what. Here's another story. I'm going to give you a bunch of stories. I know I'm... Jesse, does this feel like I'm all over the place tonight? You mean more than usual? (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes we start with a theme, and I sometimes forget how we even got here. Well, I I guess the question is, are you liking what I'm talking about? Well, I got to tell you, I'm happy we're not talking about the pandemic and politics for once. So that's always good. It's a little bit of this. It's a little bit of that, but it's all in good taste. Thank you. I'll tell you what, though. You know, you think about politics now, you got to be careful what you wish for. You watch without Trump to kick around, without the excitement he brought, you watch what happens to these networks. You see, people are not going to be waiting to get on the news and watch this stuff. I believe all the network and news services are going to tank. I do believe it. You'll see. You watch it. You heard it here first, Jesse. You mean they're not just going to report the news? everyday news like they should instead of giving people opinions one way or another? No, of course they will. But life is boring without Trump. Yes, life is boring without Trump. Even if it was just to abuse him. He he created excitement here. You think Biden is going to create excitement? Listen, I'm not commenting on whether he's a great president or not. Okay, we'll see. Only time will tell. But I tell you what, the networks who chose to, to, to not vote for Trump Man, oh man, you watch what happens. I guarantee you they'll tank. You'll see. You may very well be right. Yeah, like I said, good taste is always in fashion. So is good judgment. But wait a sec. Nothing to worry because uh, beginning in January, isn't Trump starting Trump TV? Uh, I can't wait. Hey, maybe we'll go to Trump TV. We could be controversial. We'll talk about that a different time. Uh, Yeah, okay. Listen, I'm on the subject right now of there's no substitute for good taste. There's no substitute for great attitude. I wanted to talk about that now. I started to talk about this concept of I have go-to people, go-to guys, go-to gals. These are people who just get things done. Jesse and I, this is a great one. I want to talk about being on iHeart, Okay. This is our fifth year on the radio. Four years before that, we were on WABC. And during my tenure on WABC, we must have used five or six different producers. They kept shifting us around depending on who was available, depending on workload. I would tell you, each one of them were pretty good at what they did. They were all professional. Now, I must admit, when we walked in the door, we didn't know what to expect. A year later, we knew more, and as time went on, we got really professional. We showed up, and we were ready to hit it the minute we walked in, always prepared and knew what to do. But what was very fascinating is those times that we pre-recorded stuff, 
Sometimes we do voiceovers. Sometimes we do current events. Whatever it was, their producers would never correct it. They would never give us back a finished piece of work. We'd always have to do all of that ourselves. At iHeartMedia, we work with a guy named Terry Trahan. This guy is great. He listens to this broadcast. He takes care of everything before he sends it back to us. I've never seen a more professional guy. He makes sure that all the music comes in at the right time, not the wrong time. He thinks about how it ends. This is professionalism. All my time I work with someone in this radio business, in my five years, he's the most professional guy I've come across. I think the best way to explain it, he knows what you need before you know you need it. Thank you. You agree with me on him versus everyone else? The best. The best. And that's not, you know, hitting upon the other ones, but I'm telling you, the best ever. And anytime there needs to be adjusted, one, two, three, never complains. It's the greatest attitude. And I just want to call him out and say that I really appreciate him as a go-to guy. One of my favorite stories of all time had to do with trade booths. You know what a trade booth is, Jesse? Yeah, at a trade show, it's a booth where you show all of your uh, items. Yeah, exactly. You can go, whether it's the Detroit Auto Show or my industry, the Men's Apparel Guild in California, which now takes place in Las Vegas. That's another story. Huge, huge booths, facilities. The last booth I built for my company was at PVH. It cost me $1.3 million. They're very intricate. This was a duplex with a winding staircase, two entrances to go up and down. I mean, really incredible booths that are set up that are temporary. It's like building a part of a house that you put up and take down twice a year. It has to last the test of time. It has to be built so it was secure and no one will get hurt. It's a feat of um, brilliance the way they do this. I work with a guy named Barry Ballin of Gilbert Displays. I'll tell you how I met Barry. I get a call one day. I'm on my way to come to the trade show in Las Vegas. The guy who used to head it up for me, a fellow named Henry Justice, calls me and says, Mark, we have a problem. A booth for IZOD is all warped, and the guy, the installer, is having trouble putting it together. We're not quite sure if he can get it up. But even if he can, if he could work with it and get it up, we're going to have to throw it away. I said, we just built this thing. What did it cost? He said, it cost $250,000. What went wrong? Well, last time when the show got torn down at the end of the convention, our installer, our builder, put it in the lot waiting to be picked up. It happened to rain, and when they picked it up, it sat in a truck, and it all warped. I said, what do our uh, builder say about that? He doesn't feel responsible. And why is that? Well, his point of view was that when he delivered it to the yard for pickup, his job was done. So when I got to the show, I asked to meet the guy, and I had this conversation with him. And I said to him, that's your position? You don't think you should help build this thing again? When did you get the idea that just by delivering it and leaving it outside, it was protected? Aren't you supposed to keep us safe? Yes, but I did my job. Okay, you sure you want to be this way? Yes. On the way over, on the plane, I met a woman. Her name was, last name was Love. I don't remember her first name, but I remember talking to her about her booth. She worked for the Nordica company at the time, and she told me she had the greatest booth and the guy who built it turns out to be this guy, Barry Ballin, of Gilbert Displays. And she said, if you're going to pick a new booth builder, this is the guy you should meet. So at the show, I said to my friend Henry, see if you can go over to Norda, find this guy, Barry, or whoever he is, have him come over. I meet this guy, Barry. He comes over to the booth. Sharp as attack. It's his own business. I think he started from scratch. Large business. He's one of the best. He's a great guy. 
started to talk to him, and I told him what happened to the booth. I said, I've got to ask you a question. What's your responsibility if you build this booth? And he said, my responsibility is make sure that everything you need is taken care of. I said, do you get involved in installation and taking these booths down? Of course, that's my job. What happens when you deliver them to the yard? I said, it's my responsibility to make sure it's getting a truck, it's safe, and delivered to the location for storage. I told him what happened, that my booth was delivered outside, got caught in the rain, and the booth is shot. He said, I'd have to take responsibility. That'll never happen with me. I looked him in the eyes. I said, Barry, if I give you the next booth we're going to build, you promise me that's the case? He says, I tell you, Mark, I don't even have to promise you. That's the way I do business. If I build you a booth, I'm responsible for it. I'm not responsible for taking it down and leaving it in the middle of the yard unprotected, let alone from thieves. But in this case, from the rain, it's my job. It'll never happen. We hired this guy, Barry. He built our booth. He was on site. Every time our booths went up, he was there when it's on site. He was a great guy. That's a go-to guy. Never missed a beat. And because of that, we became friends. Because of that, when we were at trade shows, I invited him to our dinners. I treated him as one of the company because he was such a great guy. But he was a great guy because I knew I could count on him. And the question I ask you as I tell you these stories, do you have go-to guys in your company? Do you have go-to gals in your company? Are you two a go-to guy or gal? I'm telling you, they're appreciated, and that's the way you're supposed to be. Anybody ever comes to me, can you get this done? The answer is yes. What do you know about this? I don't know, but I promise you I'll learn. Will you, do you ever deliver it to me on time? Absolutely. I'll get it to you when you need it. Just tell me what you need done. Those are the people that are successful. But what made me think about it this week? I am... Um, in the stock market. Like all of you, I invest a little bit in stock. I care about it. I'm watching what's going on. There are tech companies I like, some companies in my industry I'm very familiar with. I certainly have a great deal of respect and belief in the companies I used to work for. So I'm involved in stock. So the other day, I called up my broker. And I said to him, I need you to do me a favor. I have to transfer some stuff. I need to get the papers to me. So he said, no problem, Mark. This is, by the way, one of those guys of of the number of brokers I have. He's my go-to guy. So when I called him up, I said, this is what I need. Can you deliver these papers to my house? Uh, I'll sign them and send them back to you. I don't want to do it in email. He said, absolutely, I'll send you a Federal Express. This is where it will go. This is where you'll send it back. Give you a return envelope. So I was supposed to get the papers on Monday. Monday, I'm going back and forth my house looking outdoors. It never shows. It's annoying. You know, I must have gone there 10 times. It never showed. Call him up Tuesday. You know, I never got the, uh, the papers. He says, ah, my guy wasn't in. You know, with COVID, he doesn't come in every day, but you should get it tomorrow. Don't worry about it. So Tuesday comes. I go outside 10 freaking times. Not there. So Wednesday, I call him up. I said, hey. I can't believe I'm talking to you. You never let me down. I'm still waiting for this thing. He listens to me and says, you know, Mark, COVID's going on right now. We have people that are alternating their time when they come to the office, when not. It's not so easy to get everything developed and sent out on time. I understand that he didn't show up on the day we needed to. But, you know, you're supposed to understand. I got quiet. I didn't say a word. And then I said to him, I'm supposed to understand? 
Well, you know, I, uh, he gives me the psychobabble. Now, this is a guy I really admire and I like. He's my favorite of the group. And I said to him, you hear yourself? I said, well, Mark, there's a lot of circumstances here. These are unusual times. I, I thought the guy was going to be in. He didn't show up. And I said to him, is this my problem? And he got quiet. Uh, this is one of my favorites. You know this, Jesse. I said, I'm asking you what time it is. I'm not asking you how to build a watch. And he got quiet. And he said, you're right. You're my customer. I shouldn't have to go through all this. I apologize, Mark. And I started to laugh. I said, you know, I'm really not being critical of you, but I am trying to make a point to you. He says, I get it. You're right. And the next day, the package was there. It's important to remember that there's no substitute for good taste. There's no substitute for good attitude. There's no substitute for good judgment. Right now, I'm talking about people that you can rely on. Are you one? We'll take a break. We'll be back in a minute. Always in fashion. This is Mark Weber. I remember so clearly when Donna Karen hit the scene. It was explosive. She was one of the most dynamic designers in the history of the world, and her product was very, very different from anything anyone in America had ever seen. She was modern. She was New York. She was vibrant. When you looked at the business in those days, there were companies like Ralph Polo or Tommy Hilfiger or Nautica, great traditional American brands, but no one identified modern. You wanted modern, you had to find Giorgio Armani. Black was the basis of his presentation, and everything about it had a European chic to it. But not in America, until Donna came. Donna was a New York life resident, understood the pace of the city, understood what it was like to live in the city that never sleeps, that goes 24-7. Donna invented DKNY, Donna Karen, New York. I'll never forget the first time I saw it. I was in London, and they had built a magnificent four-floor store in a building with an open roof, a glass ceiling. Glass ceiling, I suppose, representing we're changing the way things are done. DKNY was, frankly, nothing short of extraordinary, both men and both for women. Black was the basis of the brand, although the many colors played off the palette. And they all look good against black. Let's face it. We live active lifestyles. We get up in the morning. We do different things. We work. We play. Evenings is about entertaining and seeing the best that New York has to offer. DKY offers a collection of menswear and womenswear, both footwear, accessories, suits, shirts, ties, women's sportswear, women's activewear that speaks to the lifestyle that goes with you wherever you want to go. And it's always modern. It's always contemporary. It's always at the forefront of what fashion should be with a New York lifestyle in mind. I've lived the life. I was the chairman and CEO of Donna Karen. I understood what that brand meant. And I can tell you, if you want to step out and you want to walk away from your traditional roots, if you want to be modern, you want to make a statement of elegance, but in a New York kind of way, with the sophistication of New York as a person who understands all the city has to offer and all the modern lifestyle in America is about, you find it everywhere. People are forcing themselves, urging themselves to get out and be special and live this 
lifestyle. DKNY. You can find DKNY at DKNY.com or in Macy's. I'm telling you guys and I'm telling you ladies, you can look chic, you could look special, you look right. DKNY. Welcome back to Always in Fashion. Here's your host, Mark Weber. And as long as I got my suit and tie, I'm gonna leave it up on the floor tonight. And it got fixed up to the nines. Let me show you a for those of you who are turning in just now, this is Mark Weber. I'm with Jesse Weber, and we're talking about one of my mantras in business and life. There's no substitute for good taste. You either have it or you don't. In life, there's class and no class. There's taste and no taste. So many people, if it wasn't for bad taste, would have no taste at all. I've been talking about it, thinking about it a great deal. And sometimes I love I love when I get surprised on the high side. And twice this week, something happened that really set me back and made me think about it. There is a catalog and a set of retail stores called J. McLaughlin. They're um, a traditional store, a relatively small store, but they have some very nice things, particularly if you like pink pants or green pants or light blue shirts or what have you. Very, very preppy. The last time I saw a store was at Kiwar Island in South Carolina. I kind of like it, but I got this catalog. I don't know why. And their execution for holiday was not good. It was brilliant. It was mostly women's wear, but it was so good that it shocked me to my core. Really made me stop and look and think. And that doesn't happen to me often. And it got me thinking about stuff like that, things that I like and things that surprise me that are so good. And the second of which, Jesse, do you ever hear of a company called Naked Cashmere? Mm, I have not, but I like the name. <laughs> yeah, it caught my attention. Your brother sent me a link to this company called Naked Cashmere. I couldn't imagine, you know, you get a name like that, what are you expecting to see? And sure enough, what it was, was a sweater company that made casual cashmere and linen sweaters for men and for women. And I went on the link and I started looking through their online catalog and I was blown away. Now, I am a very particular guy. It's hard for me to buy one item, let alone multiple items. I bought five sweaters ranging from, I think, 175 to $250. It was sensational. Naked cashmere. This is not a commercial for them. It would be a great one. But it, it surprised me on the high side and how good they looked. And I like that. I like great taste. And I found it there. And if any of you choose to go online, you'll see what I'm doing. If you end up buying anyone, tell them I told you. Jesse, is there anything out there right now that impresses you more than anything else? Yeah, there are uh, food bloggers on Instagram that post the best pictures, let me tell you. Pasta, sandwiches, oh, they're doing something right. Who is this? When you go on Instagram, there are food bloggers. They're the best. Uh-huh, you and the food. Okay, but truth be told, you know what really caught my eye this past week that I said, wow, it looks great? Some of the outfits that the golfers wore at the Masters. So Ricky Fowler, endorsed by Puma, wore some of the coolest clothes I have seen on a golf course. In fact, those green pants that he wore immediately bought a pair. I think they looked amazing. They're fantastic. 
Remember how we started the show saying that you're not consistent in your taste level? Who buys green pants? Oh, I, I normally I would say yes. On the golf course, I'm a little more extravagant, but normally I'd say yes. These pants, they look so good. So good. I wasn't the only one. I saw it online. Everybody was talking about it. What are you going to wear it with, an orange turtleneck? No, I'll wear the green pants with a white shirt on the golf course, white uh, shoes. It'll look fantastic. You're going to be jealous. Come summer 2021, you're going to be jealous when you see me in those green pants. I'm telling you, it's going to be great. But you know what else I thought looks fantastic? I don't even have to single it out. Athleisure. All these companies are doing athleisure, and I think they look so trend-forward, like Adidas. Everything I want to buy in there. It's just a really cool way of presenting yourself when you're doing anything, from working out, from walking around, everything. So those are the things that have caught my eye. Okay. I hope I don't get to see those green pants. Can you, can you wear them on a day we're not playing together? No, I'm not going to wear I mean, no. That's, you have to see them. You have to see them. I'm telling you, you're going to regret it. You're going to see them on me. They're going to fit perfectly, and you're going to say, wow, they really look great with the green and the golf course and everything. I'm telling you. Mark my words. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm sure. Hey, those of you out there still listening to me, don't listen to what Jesse's saying. He's going to get you in trouble. Now, uh, back to you, Jess. Um, you know what I've been thinking? I missed vacations. And I was thinking about hotels and brands. It's fascinating now how some of the largest chains like Hilton and Marriott own brands that are designer or luxury brands or contemporary brands for that matter. There's a hotel, Hilton, of course, that owns a chain of hotels called the Conrad. They're very cool, very inexpensive, hip restaurants, really great. And I was very impressed with them. I've been looking through and thinking about where my next vacation is if the world ever turns normal again. Marriott. Did you know that the Marriott owned Ritz-Carlton, Jesse? Uh, no. In fact, I would think it would be the opposite. The Ritz-Carlton group would own Marriott. Well, it's not the case, and it's kinds of like that. You know, Four Seasons is my favorite hotel in the world. But sometimes you go to certain Four Seasons hotels, and they're licensed properties. Somebody who is a hotel operator, they license the name Four Seasons, supposed to be at the same standard. It never is. It's still better than most, but it's not as good as Four Seasons, and I wonder about that. But I miss that. Oh, restaurants. My gosh, New York. New York, if not the restaurant capital of the world after Paris, certainly really counts. And man, oh man, they're all coast. And I think about the meals I missed. My favorite restaurant, I know you love too, Jesse's Wolfgang's. They have like 10 locations in New York. One of our favorite ones. They know us there. They treat us well. The food is perfectly simple elegant and non-fattening. I miss that stuff. You know I ordered it in, right? I forgot. Did you? I did. I ordered it in because what we've noticed is uh, during the pandemic, a lot of these restaurants obviously had to resort to delivery that they never did before. It wasn't the same, sadly. It just wasn't. Didn't taste the same. Didn't feel the same. I was disappointed. Well, I've ordered from our local favorite restaurant here, Name Shall Remain Unnoticed, Um and when the food gets here, it's not hot. If it has to be warmed up, that, that in itself takes some of the joy away. The whole idea of restaurants, sitting there, people observing, having a glass of wine or whatever your favorite drink is, and being out. You know, since the pandemic started, I've eaten in, well, every meal. I've eaten every meal for nine months, going on ten. 
I never cooked anything in my life. I don't think I've eaten in my house a hundred times in the years I've owned it. Not even, 50 maybe. Now every meal is here. It just doesn't feel the same. And it's not the same. But you order in food, it, it, it loses it. And certainly having to clean up after yourself doesn't have uh, any fun associated with that. And I miss the people watching. I don't miss the people contact because, as you know, Jess, I'm not a fan of people. But I do miss the, uh, the observing and being around humans. Humans are social. They want to be around other humans. But that's for another time. This is about taste. There's no substitute for good taste. If you're a restaurant, for example, and you're listening to us and the food you're sending to us isn't heated and it's not as good, you're ruining the reputation of your restaurant. I'm sorry to hear that on Wolfgang's, Jesse just is what it is unfortunately it wasn't that it wasn't hot just it was lacking something it was lacking something you know what else is interesting for me i love to drive one of my great joys in life for cars i'm a car guy i love getting in my car and taking a drive i don't like it i love it of course when it's summer with the top down ah it's amazing but i've noticed without a destination just driving doesn't seem to be as much fun Wait a sec. That confuses me because, like you said, you love to drive. Half the time when we would take drives together, we had nowhere to go. We would just drive around. So how do you not enjoy that? Well, the operable word is together. You and I in a car together, talking, hanging out. It's one thing. And has there ever been a time I'm in the car with you? I don't stop off for a Diet Coke at McDonald's? That's a good point. So it's not the same. But you'd be surprised you're in a car by yourself. If you tell me I'm going out, go to a restaurant, even eat myself, that's a destination, it's something to do, exciting. If you tell me I'm just going to the mall, take a drive to the mall, park the car, go inside, walk around, maybe have a a drink or something, or just shop, get back in the car, it's an adventure. Without a place to go, all dressed up and no way to go, it's disappointing to me. However, I will say the following. Although I have nothing to do, I have no time to get it done. I may be a little, what's the word? I'm depressed, but I'm not unhappy. It's a funny world we live in. I don't want to talk about the virus. I am encouraged that we keep hearing about a vaccine. I don't want to talk about politics anymore. I'm not into it. I'm going to be one of those people watching the news less The excitement's gone. The election's over. Got my fingers crossed that the new president will do the right thing. But tonight, it's a matter of, I'm hoping the president does the right thing. And you know what? Every president, once they get in place, you don't know what it's like being president until you're standing there with the responsibility. They all want a legacy. They want to prove that they made the country better. They want the economy to do well. They want people to be happy. Now, Biden has his hands full. There's 78 million people jumping up and down and celebrating the 74 million people miserable. But maybe, maybe this drive to build a legacy, he will bring everyone together and come up with some policies that everyone will be happy with. But that aside, Mr. President, all of you out there, there's no substitute for good taste. You either have it or you don't. I'll take a break. We'll be back in a minute. Always in fashion. This is Mark Weber. We're living in strange times. There's no question about it. We're regrouping. We're rethinking about what our lives look like. We're working from home, and that is a new phenomenon. What has changed is that we are video conferencing. We're being seen when we're working from home. 
In the past, we did our jobs when we worked at home. We called in information. We sent emails. Today, we're being watched. We're all there. We're having video conferences, and we're being seen. One of the biggest mistakes you could make is forgetting that you are in a workplace, different workplace, but you are working and you're being seen. Because you're at home, competition in the workplace has not changed. You are competing. You are trying to prove that you are special and you deserve the best that your company has to offer. With this in mind, I think about my friends at Van Usen, one of the greatest shirt makers in our history, in our life. They've been around for over 150 years. Not only do they make great shirts, it's a given that their quality is exceptional, their fit is perfect, but they look right. When you're sitting in front of your computer and showing your image to your boss, you want to look your best. You are competing for all the great things that life has to offer, even though you're at home. It's important to be with a company you can trust. It's important to be with a company that makes products that know what is right for the times. It'll make you look your best. That is Van Usen. I spent so many years working for the company. I know their dedication. I know how they look at fashion. I know how they look at style and how important it is. Whether you're wearing a dress shirt with a tie, whether you're wearing a dress shirt open at the neck, or you're wearing an obvious sports shirt, indicating who you are, how serious you are, how professional you are, and it doesn't matter that you're at home. With this in mind, Van Usen, one of the great shirt makers ever, is here to help you look your best in this unusual time working for home. Van Usen, great shirt company. Welcome, Welcome back, back to, to Always, Always in fashion. fashion. Here's your host, Mark Weber. So here I am. This is Mark Weber. This is Always in Fashion. Tonight's show called There's No Substitute for Good Taste. It's not just about the way you look, the way you dress. It has to do with people and the way you present yourself and everything in life. I want to summarize tonight's show. I got the opportunity to tell Jesse about how I developed my style right out of high school and onward. Got to talk to you men and a little bit to you ladies about how to dress. Talk to you about business and recognizing that in business, it's business. It's not about friends. It's about doing a job. And we talked about The concept of attitude. What kind of attitude you need to have to be successful. And we talked in general about life. Tonight, I had a good time. It was all about style. And I enjoyed this show. And in closing, I want to say to you, remember, there's no substitute for good judgment. There's no substitute for common sense. And there's no substitute for good taste, says Mark Weber. Good night. Oh, my darling.